0: Come on. Welcome to Lightblood. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome today's guest, strong and powerful Joe Evangelisti. Joe, are you ready to do this? Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right, let's let's go. Joe is an entrepreneur. He is a coach. He is a veteran podcast host, as well as a veteran. Thank you for your service, sir. Thank you.
1: Appreciate
0: it. He is helping people to unlock their potential and make life-changing transformations. Joe, I'm excited to have you on. Tell us a
1: little bit about your personal life, some more about your work and why you do what you do. Absolutely, man. Yeah, no. So uh, personal life, let's see. I got uh, two little girls, nine and 12, and a beautiful wife and two dogs. And uh, I love real estate. That's about. That's about the summation of my my personal life. Um, yeah. I mean, why, why do what I do? It's a great question. I, I just, because I'm passionate about it, I'm driven for it. It's exciting for me. And, uh, I feel like, uh, most people should try to find what drives them and go out there and do it. Right. I got lucky uh, enough. I've been in construction my entire life. Uh, it's actually like you mentioned, I was in the military. I was in the U S Navy Seabees, uh, for many years and, um, did construction for the military, which a lot of people don't realize you can do, especially in the Navy. Um, And then right after that, got out and started flipping houses and uh, my partner and I did about a thousand flips, fix and flips and rehabs in in 12 years and uh, finally called it quits about three or four years ago and decided to pivot into self-storage development. So that's what we do now. We buy uh, amazing pieces of ground all over the U.S. and develop them into retail self-storage and retail componentry. you know, and uh, and we get to bring along some amazing people, some amazing contractors, developers, real estate investors and, uh, you know, uh, of the like, people like that.
0: Love it. So how how do people find what drives them? I think that that's if yeah. you can help somebody connect with that, what that probably yeah. the nicest, most wonderful thing you could ever
1: do for them. Yeah. I, I tell people this all the time and and, and it's really, really true because a lot of people don't believe this, but every one of us has an absolute superpower. I don't care what it is, right? Like you could be the most amazing cake baker. You could be some incredible skateboarder. You could be really, really good at negotiating real estate deals. You could be a great salesperson. But every human being has not only something that we're really, really great at, but usually the reason that we're great at it is because we enjoy the hell out of it, right? We're passionate about it. And so um, you know the challenge is not only finding that, but then having the guts to go after it. And I think the second part is the most difficult for, for a lot of people, right? A lot of people know what they're great at, but they're just, they're driven to say, okay, well, that's, you know, um, I'm not meant for that, or I'm not capable of making that into a business, or why would, why would anybody want to learn that from me? I hear that a lot, right? Uh, and the, real, the reality of it is um, there are people making millions and millions of dollars all over this world, basically selling what they're great at. I mean, I was just using an example the other day. I bought a stretching video. Like stretching, you know, like I I don't even know how it came up. I just decided I do jujitsu and it's really better if I'm more flexible. And this thing comes across my Facebook ad, and it's you know, $37, this advanced stretching course. You think about it, this guy's he saw millions and millions of these things. In fact, when you go online and you Google his name, you'll find it just massive, right? Literally, multi-multi-millionaire teaching people how to stretch. You know, <laughs> if, if he if he can do it, anybody can do it, right?
0: I love it. So it's, it's, it's fear. It's unworthiness. It's, yeah. what is it's it? Mind- that it, it requires mind, yeah. good.
1: It's mindset. You know, it's people, um, a lot of us unfortunately feel that, you know, we're not good enough or the self-doubt creeps in, or I'm not, worthy of success. These are these are the modalities of fear, right? That you know, I'm not worthy, or if I try something, I might fail. Or if I try something, there's people that are going to be paying attention that are going to maybe mock me or make fun of me or hmm. judge me because I didn't do something well. And that's really the three major modalities of fear. And so our mindset shift, what I do with my clients is I really go behind the curtain and try to figure out like what drives them, what are their obstacles, what Values, what morals are they, are they driven by? And then where do they stop? Like, where's that like, like, like roadblock for them? And a lot of times it's resetting um, their mindset on what they think is capable, uh, what they think they're capable of, um, and unlocking that that true potential through um, figuring out what the fear is. You know, once we know what the fear is and we can define it, a lot of times it's amazing. You'll see when you literally write it down and you make it real. Then you start to look at, okay, well, what's the worst? What's the worst case scenario? What could possibly happen? Well, my dreams could come true, but people might make fun of me. Well, that's a pretty good trade-off, right? Right. So for, for a lot of folks, it's really just unlocking those limiting beliefs that are holding them back from their own success, from their own abilities.
0: Nice. So you and your partner, you're you're out there flipping, you know, dozens almost a hundred houses a year for, for goodness yep. sakes, just a ton of them do a thousand of them. Yep. And then for a variety of reasons, you, you decide to get into self-storage. So yep. was that just like, Oh, just wake up one day. Or did you have fear and apprehension?
1: Uh, yeah. Well, i fear about getting into self-storage. Yeah. So it was a big move for us. It was a basically a scalable option. I think, um, you know, if there's one thing that uh, this whole COVID Uh, thing has done for most of us. It's a lot of business owners. I'm going to say most of us, but a lot of business owners, adversity plants the seed for opportunity, right? And so a lot of times when this adversity hits us, we start to realize like, you know, in order for us to survive, we have to pivot. We have to course correct. We have to make a change and reflection back on that a lot of times when this un, unfounded adversity or this this this, this the, you know out of out of left field adversity like a pandemic comes across you start to realize that you probably ought to maybe should have been doing that thing all along right and it helps people start to you know define what's working and what's not working and what's really working a lot better and i think you saw that around the world where a lot of businesses took off for the last 2 years and the reason why is that they were forced to pivot You know, I had one of my companies, we had 14 live salespeople in the office every single day. And on March 13th, 2020, I remember the date for some odd reason, we called them up and said, Don't come to work. And they were all like, What are you talking about? We're going Zoom, guys. We're going virtual. We're going Zoom. We'll send you training. We'll take in 48 hours, our entire company went virtual. Hmm. And, you know, the adversity created the opportunity, which was I figured out. We don't need to hire people that are just in our backyard, right? I'm, I'm hiring people in Venezuela and and, and Panama and, you know, in, in all parts of the country that are actually way, way more skilled and talented because I'm not locking them into coming to an office every day. All of a sudden, I can expand the horizons of the availability of the human, you know, uh, you know. Uh, treasure that's out there you know of all the people that are capable and so i think a lot of businesses experience that during this time and that's just one example of adversity creating change that maybe should have been here all along people are downsizing their offices they're shifting they're creating more opportunities online people are building working virtually and and for a lot of owners it's that, it's that also that mindset shift of, well, I feel like I have to have control of them. If they're not in front of me all day, every day, are they going to be working, right? And what they found, I think, by loosening up that grip and letting go of that vine was that not only do people work better when they have freedom, um, but they, they, they're more passionate about it, right? They're not, you know, they're more committed to their work and they feel like they're more tied to something, even if they're sitting in their own living room.
0: Do you think that, that do you think, do you know, if you are wired differently than most people, strikes me just in the short amount of time that we've spent together that when you run into something and it slows you down, you don't sit there and get sad about it. You just keep moving and keep moving until you find your way either through it or around
1: it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely not, I'm not unique in that way. In that way. I can tell you that because uh, I, hundreds of coaching clients that I've had finding ways to unlock that, is the key to success. I was actually on the call with my own coach this week. And what we were talking about is what we call the refractory, uh, refractory period, right? Mm-hmm. So like, what is Tom Brady, Tiger Woods, uh, you know, um, uh, any, any, ma- any major performer at the peak of their ability, Michael Jordan, what makes them special is how quick they recover,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? It's how quick they get knocked down and get back up, shake it off and focus. You know, and MJ could miss that three-pointer that you know was ten seconds away from winning the game. Okay, well, I could spend the next ten seconds, you know, crying in my soup and lose the game, or I could spend the next ten seconds coming up with a game plan to figure out how to get the ball back and score so we could win. And that's what that's what Brady does. That's what Tiger does. I mean, look at the pressure Tiger played in over years and years and came back to to win another Masters. I mean, it's that's what the peak performers of the world do is they learn how to bounce back quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you call that refractory? We call it the recovery period or the refractory period, right? It's like that time where you have to catch your breath. Cause let's think about this. You know, every every business owner, if you're doing something notable, right, you're getting slapped in the face every day. Mm-hmm. Right. Like every day there's a right hook. Every day there's a challenge, there's a problem. Maybe not every day, but damn near feels like every day, right? And so it's a matter of when these things happen, what are you gonna do about it? Are you going to spend three days complaining about it and whining about it, or are you going to pick yourself up and go back into the game? And that's what makes peak performers different. You know, when you see people that are out there that we want to emulate why does that guy always seem so happy? Why does he always seem like he has it together? Why does he always seem like he, he has all the answers? It's not that he does it's just that he's easier he's, he's he's capable of bouncing back quicker and he's present and he's focused and he's and he's a problem solver generally he, he or she I'm not just talking about men out there obviously but you know amazing leaders generally are able to bounce back quick.
0: Yeah, I appreciate
1: that. I think that that's right.
0: So how are you spending your time right now? What does a regular day look like if there's such a thing?
1: Yeah. I, I actually love to have, um, completely different days every day. That to me, I, I am a variety guy. I I can't have the same schedule all the time, but I mean, for the most part, the beginning of the week looks like me getting my companies going. So I run three different companies and we, I do that off of a, what I call an L 10 meeting, which is something out of traction, the book traction. If anybody's ever read that book, but, um, hour and a half meeting, get the team situated, get them straight for the day. And, uh, you know, I might do a couple coaching calls during those days. And then, um, you know wednesdays Thursdays there's uh mastermind group meetings. It's podcasting, it's uh, you know doing amazing interviews like this, uh, and then I leave my Fridays empty, and my Fridays are generally empty to fill in the blanks if I need to get some stuff done in the morning or you know spend the afternoon with my wife and you know if the kids are off during the summer or if I can pick them up early from school um you know the Fridays are generally my my you know calming down days, and then I spend the weekend getting set up for the following week.
0: Nice, tell me about the masterminds that you are a part of or that you're running.
1: Yeah, Yeah, we do. I do two different types of, uh, you know, masterminds and and we'll go to to amazing places. Like we just got back from Tulum, Mexico a couple of weeks ago, Uh, you know, and we spent half the time working on, you know, mindset and, and, and obstacles and challenges and business and, you know, whatever it is we want to solve at the boardroom table. And then we spend half the time, you know, out there having fun, right. You know, doing expeditions, going on yacht trips. Uh, doing, uh, we, we did uh, zip lining. We did uh, some scuba diving. We did some, you know, all kinds of just a, a different activities. And what I found was, you know, um, over the course of years of running these things, you know, sitting around a conference table for two days is great and all. You know, it's fun. You get some problems solved. A lot of times, you leave there, you feel really good. But really, the the the, the best interactions, the best networking, the best uh, lifelong connections—they're they're built around a fireplace. You know, maybe with a whiskey in your hand, or you know, when you're out there. Riding an you know ATV at fifty miles an hour and you're bonding with somebody you're like those to me are the best type of events because you're you're, you're mixing in yes we're going to solve problems yes it's a write off yes this is business but we can also have fun when we're doing business.
0: Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. It is uh you can get a lot done with whiteboards and a conference room table, but but <laughs> the experiential right. stuff and yeah. the, uh, the 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 human element and. There's something about fire I think also and I know that there's something about whiskey Joe
1: there's so. definitely something about fire you're onto something George because <laughs> the fire and whiskey combination that's <laughs> that's where lifelong connections are built
0: for sure. So is 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 that part of your real estate business is I'm, I'm confident it's part of your coaching
1: Yeah I actually so I would say 90% of people who come to those events have some kind of real estate uh, either need or want. You know, maybe they're um, running a law practice, but they want to start investing in real estate. Um, Maybe they're, you know, I have one of my, one of my, um, I'm just thinking of some of the people that are coming to Vail in a couple of weeks. Uh, One of them's a a nationwide general contractor uh, who's looking to invest in real estate, whether he's, you know, an accredited investor in a deal or whether he starts buying his own real estate. So I think there's a real estate component, but I like to mix up the room with different business owners. I don't want people who are just real estate investors necessarily, some of them are, but, you know, I like bringing in, You know, an attorney. I love bringing in someone who owns an insurance company or a marketing agency or an IT firm. Um, Because the truth is, when you're sitting in a room full of people that all do exactly what you do, you don't solve as many problems as if you're in a diverse room of people who have experiences from all different walks of life who can chip in and say, Hey, I've had that problem. You know, this is what worked for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it's possible to learn from people who are just like you but uh but you're missing out on so much from just a, a lived experience perspective but from just the perspective that people are coming at and and and, and everything so i, yeah. I appreciate that yeah. um so when 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 you are putting these um masterminds together how are you how how are you advertising them like There's like no- you say yeah. this is Come to Vail.
1: Social media, yeah. Hey guys, we're going to, to Vail in a couple of weeks. Hit me up if you want some uh, information on that, and they PM me because you know, I look at myself as the curator of the room. I mean, these are events that I run, but it's not just come learn from Joe and he's gonna stand there and preach to you for three days. This is curating the room with a bunch of people who have some level of, of really good success and they're gonna add value to the room. So it's not just because you can afford to come, you should show up because anybody has, a lot of people have checkbooks, right? Um, And I always say, without, I'll try to do this without cursing. Like I always say we have a no a-hole rule, right? So like one will spoil the entire event, you know? know, So, so I want to interview them. I want to talk to them. If it's not somebody I've known for a long time, um, you know, what is it you're looking to take away from the event? What is it that you're looking to bring to the event? Um, And, and generally curating the room is my number one job, getting a really, really good room full of people. So you don't have that bad apple. Um, And that's what makes the experience so much more epic is, you know, you can, you can find really just amazing people to, to spend time with.
0: So when you're doing maybe a postmortem, well, what what do you want to hear from somebody that's going to make it a successful event?
1: Um, I, I well, you mean feedback from it a, from a, a, a previous event. Yeah. yeah. I want I want to hear their takeaways like you know what did you learn who did you connect with because everyone's coming there with at least one big obstacle. I try to tell them to keep it three or less because you know if you try to solve 10 problems you're never going to go take action on them but give me your one big obstacle I guarantee we can overcome your obstacle. We've never had an event where we couldn't overcome that obstacle with the people in right? And a lot of people are, you know, they're trying to build a good culture. They're trying to figure out how to recruit the right team. They're trying to figure out how to take care of the team they have and incentivize them so they can get, you know, a better work product out of them while still making them happy and more, you know, productive people in society and community. Um, Some people are looking to, you know, just uh, raise private money, right? So, you know, it's a lot of, again, um, getting outside your comfort zone and just you know, we call it paradigm shifting, right? So like, if you've never, you know, spoke on stage before, you might be super nervous about that, but then we get you in front of a stage, you start speaking. Now all of a sudden you're a speaker, right? That's a paradigm shift that, you know, you can never go back to not being a speaker once you stood in front of a hundred people and made a speech, right? So, you know, creating those paradigm shifts where it's like, you know, I don't, I'm not sure about how to raise private money. Now I have raised private money. Now I feel like it's, it's, it's more tied to me or, you know, I haven't been, I haven't been comfortable speaking, but now I'm an event speaking in front of people. Um, ways to just help people break through those zones where they can come to a new paradigm. And, and usually that, that discomfort, or again, that adversity we were talking about earlier, that's what breeds opportunity, right? We're like when, we, when we shift into those new paradigms and all of a sudden you find yourself in a new opportunity, that's where that, that creationary thing happens.
0: Love it. Like Napoleon Hill said, every adversity carries with it the seed of an equivalent or greater benefit. Love there
1: you it. go. There you go. I think that, I think that quote's been bastardized about 10,000 times in the last hundred years, but so I,
0: yeah. I, I certainly
1: imagine
0: <laughs> <laughs> Joe, the people are ready for your difference-making tip, even though you've given us a lot, what do you have for them?
1: Yeah. The difference-making tip is going to sound so simple, but it's take action, right? You know, I, I have clients all the time where people come up to me and say, you know, I've been thinking about this thing a long time and whether you believe in faith, you know, the bigger universe, a God, a, a religion, somebody, and I always say, God is tapping you on the shoulder, right? If you're dreaming about this thing, if you're thinking about this thing, if you're constantly focused on what if I had that success, or if I was able to make this a business, or if I was able to make this a viable thing, or if I was able to free my time up more, that's God tapping you on the shoulder saying, take advantage, get outside your comfort zone, right? Hire a coach, hire a mentor, you know, get around the right room of people that can help you succeed because those people will help push you to that end goal to that end dream so it's really take action on your dreams right so many of us live these lives of quiet desperation go decades without taking action i can't tell you how many coaching clients i have in their 50s that say to me man I, I, I just wasted 20 years and my kids are growing up and out of the house and i need i need to buy that time back we don't get to buy time back george
0: i think that that is great stuff that definitely gets come up not the lives of quiet desperation thing. That is not good stuff. That is an awful thing. And well, it's true, but it happens. You're, yeah, your your point is is well taken. Yeah. I mean, there's never gonna be a better time than right now to do
1: this stuff, man. So never, ever ever. Yeah. ever, ever. People people are waiting, you know, I'll wait for the COVID restrictions, I'll wait for this, I'll wait for that. You're gonna wait until you wake up ten years from now and wonder what happened in the last decade. And I and I just can't stand to see that happen to people which is why we go out and do, and do these type of events.
0: Love it. Well, Joe, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage? And how can they get to one of these events?
1: Yeah, they can, uh, they can actually visit my, uh, my Facebook wall, Joe Evangelisti. They can search me out. They can friend me. They can follow me there. Um, most of the time, that's where we're posting things on these things. Uh, they can also go to legacybuilder.coach. Um, legacybuilder.coach, not .com, .coach. Um, and again, that's where we host all of our, there's a ton of free downloads there and, and you know f- ways to help you uh, achieve more success in life.
0: Love it. Well, if you enjoyed as much as I did, show Joe you your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, find Joe on Facebook and I will link, link that in the notes of the show and then go to legacybuilder.coach and take advantage of all the great resources and maybe find yourself... Sitting in front of a fire with a whiskey, solving uh, that big problem that you've been just ruminating on for so long. Thanks again, Joe. Thank you. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.